Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. In my episode on Monday, I shared about some of the highs and lows of my summer, and I mentioned there that the highest high of my summer was hosting a celebration with my dad and my sisters in honor of my mom. My mom's name was Sally, and she passed away 20 years ago this summer from breast cancer. And to celebrate her and mark this milestone, we invited friends and family who knew and loved her to gather with us at my childhood home where my dad still lives to share an evening of good food and special memories. We put out a bunch of tables in the backyard with colorful roses as centerpieces. My mom loved roses. And after a delicious catered dinner, my dad and my two sisters and I took turns speaking and sharing some thoughts and memories of my mom with that special group that was gathered in her honor. We then invited others to share, and it was just a perfect night. The weather was beautiful, and being surrounded by people who knew and loved my mom and who still love her after all this time was just such a gift to me. I'll never forget it, and as a special bonus episode of the podcast today, I want to share a recording with you of my thoughts from that evening, all about the ways that my amazing mother impacted my life. When I get to introduce her to other people by telling stories about her, it just feels like her legacy is continuing to grow, and that means everything to me. So thank you for listening. Before I play that recording, I also want to thank this episode's sponsor, Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is a meal delivery service that provides sustainably sourced, chef-crafted food built on fruits and vegetables. You can pop your Daily Harvest meals into the freezer and have something easy to pull out when you're busy but want something nourishing and delicious. After lots of traveling and lots of eating on the road this summer, it is so nice to be home where I can sit down for a good meal, and Daily Harvest is helping me start the day with quick, healthy, and tasty breakfasts. I love the strawberry and peach smoothie, and they also have delicious oats called forager bowls. My favorite flavor is the cinnamon and banana bowl. It also has butternut squash in it, and so it's extra nourishing and filling. Daily Harvest has tons of options for later in the day, too, like flatbread, soups, and bites. We all deserve easy mornings. Let Daily Harvest give you one less thing to worry about. Go to dailyharvest.com slash 3 and 30 to get up to $65 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash 3 and 30 for up to $65 off your first box, dailyharvest.com slash 3 and 30. And now here's my thoughts recorded live at the celebration in my mom's honor last month. Here we go. Okay, I was thinking that only my mom could draw a crowd this big 20 years after she passed away of people who loved her and want to celebrate and party with her. So thank you all for being here. And I think it's a real testament to who she was and the influence that she had on so many lives. And I also think that it is a huge testament to my dad and the influence that he continues to have, the way that he has continued to show up for friends and family and the relationships that he's built. I know that you're all here, not just because you loved my mom, but because you love my dad. And I'm so grateful to both of them, to my mom and my dad for the ways that they raised me and and the ways that they taught me and the ways that they continue to love me. 
And I know that my mom would be incredibly proud of how my dad has carried on and uh, moved forward and continue to reach out and take care of other people, especially us, his daughters. He comes and helps us for a week after we have babies. He's the one we call and talk to when we're struggling and he's just remarkable. So I wanted to honor him and say that when my mom first went into the hospital to have a bone marrow transplant, when she very first was di diagnosed when she was 35, she didn't know if she would live. And she recorded each of us a cassette tape to listen to on our 12th birthdays if she wasn't still here. And I'm so grateful that she was still here when we turned 12, but we still have those cassette tapes. We got it transferred onto an MP3 now over here. And I listened to it recently and was just amazed by how, I mean, I'm a mother now. And so listening to it through the lens of a mom talking to her six-year-old daughter about her diagnosis and what might happen. And if I'm not here when you turn 12, here's the things you want to know. It just touched my heart so deeply thinking about she was about my age when she recorded that. And she was so remarkably brave throughout the whole cassette, just very matter of fact, talking to me, telling me I may die. The only time that she got emotional in the cassette was when she talked about my dad. And she said, I hope that you will marry someone like your dad. And that's when she started to cry. And I just know how much she loved and admired him. And I am so grateful that I did marry a man a lot like my dad, a good, good man who loves and supports me. I'm grateful for both of them. Um, my sisters and I have talked a little bit about how in some ways we feel like we don't have that many concrete memories of our mom. I mean, of course we have some, of course we have a lot, but it just feels like after 20 years, they start to fade, first of all, but also we were pretty young when she passed away, but it's still a little bit surprising that we don't have more concrete memories because we weren't that young. Laura was 16, I was 19, Sarah was 21. We wish we had more, more concrete memories of the day in and the day out with her growing up. And that's why it's such a blessing to us when friends and family share their memories with us because it's a new memory for us. We can no longer make new memories with her, but others can gift us their memories that become our own memories. So uh, thank you for being here and whether or not you share a memory aloud tonight, we would love it if you would write it down or send it in an email and give us a new memory that we can add to our own. And one thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately is that memory is about more than just the concrete things that you can remember about a person. I have a podcast, that's what I do for work. I have a podcast all about motherhood called Three and 30. And I interview so many experts and read so many books. And it's been amazing to me to interview these experts in child development and in parenting and to realize that so much of what they teach my mother was doing when I was growing up in some ways, I feel like she was ahead of her time before there were books about this sort of thing. It's how she kind of intuitively parented us, and I'm so incredibly grateful. One of the books that I read recently is by a neuroscientist, and his name is Dr. Rick Hansen, and he talks about implicit memory. 
And what that is, is she says, implicit memory establishes the interior landscape of your mind, what it feels like to be you, based on the slowly accumulating residues of lived experiences. So these aren't explicit memories, things that you can like recall that day five years ago. Implicit memory is the things that just have become part of you. They're what it feels like to be you, the interior landscape of your mind based on slowly accumulating residues of lived experiences. He says it includes your expectations, your models of relationships, your emotional tendencies and general outlook. That all comes from your implicit memories. And as I've thought of that, I've realized that although my sisters and I feel like we don't have enough explicit memories of our mom, we are filled with implicit memories. All of those days that we spent with her were shaping the interior landscape of who we were becoming and um, the way that we relate to other people. And every time that she held us when we cried and didn't shame an emotion and talked us through it and was there for us and made us laugh, all of those memories count and they're all inside of us whether we can remember them or not. That gives me great comfort to think that I do know her, I do remember her because she's in every part of what I do and how I relate to the people around me in the world. And so I just wanted to share that tonight and say how grateful I am for her. And one explicit memory that I have of her, one memory that I actually do vividly remember is shortly before she passed away, in the final months of her life, our dear friends, the Bollies, and Robin Bolly is here tonight. My mom found out that they had, she and her daughter had never seen Anne of Green Gables. It was a mini series on PBS or something that, that our family loved and we had memorized, you know? So my mom and I were kind of outraged that Robin and Heather had not seen Anne of Green Gables. And I just have to point out for any of you that know Anne of Green Gables well, that I have my puff sleeves on today. <laughs> and I think that Anne would be proud. In fact, I told my sisters, I sent him a picture when I bought this dress and I said, do you like it? It, it kind of has aggressive puff sleeves but I think Anne would be proud. And they gave me the stamp of approval. So in those final months of her life when she couldn't do a lot, my mom invited Robin and Heather to come and watch Anne of Green Gables. And so they came over, I think once a week we had a standing appointment and they came and we'd watch, you know, an hour or two of this eight, nine hour long miniseries, Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea, and it was really fun. But what I wanted to share is that there's a scene towards the end of Anne of Avonlea where Anne has been away teaching at an all-girls college and she's coming home back to Avonlea and Marilla, who is her adoptive mother, is waiting on the porch and sees Anne coming. And Anne sees Marilla and Anne drops her bags and Marilla comes off the porch and they run towards each other and they're just laughing and joyful and they grab each other and they hug. They're so excited to see each other. And I remember sitting there next to my mom and thinking, that's what our reunion is going to be like someday when I see her again. When we meet in heaven, I know that we will run to each other and just be so joyful and happy. And that was a bittersweet moment for me to have her right there, to know that she would pass away in the next few weeks, most likely and to just be reflecting on what I was gonna miss out on in my life and the impact of a mother and knowing how much I would miss her. So I just 
wanted to share that tonight and say that I have. I mean, I've missed her so much in the last 20 years, especially since becoming a mother myself. But like I mentioned, I know she's with me and I know that those implicit memories are with me and that she and my dad built the interior landscape of who I am. And I'm so grateful for that. And um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to that tribute for my mom, for caring about me and for caring about her. It's an honor to be part of a community where I can share such tender parts of myself. I have talked a lot about my mom on the podcast before. I've done several special episodes in her honor around the anniversary of her death, and I'll link those in the show notes if you're interested in hearing more of these deeply personal peeks into my heart. On the morning my mom passed away, I told her that I would write a book about her someday. I haven't yet fulfilled that promise, but I've shared enough about her on this podcast that maybe it counts. So thank you again for listening and allowing me to share her legacy. I want to end by saying that the work you are doing in your home with your children really matters. You are giving them implicit memories. You are shaping the way that they will move through the world and build relationships with other people and believe in and love themselves. And that is sacred work. You don't have to do it perfectly in order to do it well. My mom wasn't perfect, and there were definitely times when she yelled at us and made mistakes and wasn't at her best. But the overarching feeling of my childhood that seeped into me was deep love and unconditional acceptance. And I know that's what we're all working on giving our kids. You are doing a really good job, and the work you're doing matters. I know my mom would tell you that if she were here. And I hope you'll take a piece of her encouragement and my encouragement with you this week. I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.